Okay. Yeah, I was thinking of Shakespeare, the Mike Rula, yeah. the old schooler. I don't so know forth. if I ever finished Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Uh, you know what? I don't know that I did either, to be fully honest with you. I couldn't tell they you. They made it... more seasons of it like way later after I stopped watching, and do, I don't know if I went back. Do you know that they are, at least up until this year, they were still making um, Venture Brothers? Uh, well, really? so actually, do you know that the last season of Venture Brothers was like, yeah, two years ago, but there were no other seasons in between, so you didn't miss anything? Oh, really? Okay, because I had heard... It was like five years in between seasons at some point. Yeah. Wow. What? I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, I guess I don't know where you stopped watching. I'm pretty sure I've seen all but the last season. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and then, then now they're not doing it again, so it's over, right? Like, so they, oh, It makes it easier to catch up then. <laughs> I was looking it up on Wikipedia just to figure out when what happened here. Mm-hmm. Venture Brothers is one of Adult Swim's longest-running original series in terms of years and has the record for fewest seasons produced of a scripted show per year, seven seasons over 15 years of production. Yeah, so, like, the first... And you got to think about it like this, right? The first two seasons came out relatively quick. It was, like, a year, a year and a half between those or whatever. And after season four, it's, like, eight episodes or something? Yeah, and then some of the later seasons are, like, eight episodes or ten episodes. And then it's three years in between, four years in between, five yeah. years in between. Woof. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I don't think it's like they were working on it that whole time. It's just like Jackson Public and Doc Hammer were just like, did so much, like so deeply in that show that there just was no, like they, they just got too big for them and they just had too much stuff to do and they couldn't focus on it. And then it couldn't get done because they were needed at every step. When what season did Brock die? Like three, four, maybe. I think that's the last episodes I would have seen. Oh, okay. So you did miss a bunch then, because spoiler alert: Brock is not dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, like he's literally in a bunch of the stuff afterwards, so like it's not that much of a spoiler. What a weird, what a weird trip down memory lane that was for a second. Uh, I would be super curious to watch that show now that all of it is out and you don't have to wait a hundred years in between episodes because it would be very interesting to see just like watch it all back to back to back and just be like, can you make any sense of it? Because I bet some (laughs) of the stuff is just like so wild. I can't believe. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because I can't believe that it would be. (sighs) What's the right word? Um how do you preserve the continuity? Yeah, over there the, you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, Michael knew where I was going with that. Yeah. I'm because I feel like a lot of it took into account the fact that there was like two years since the last time you saw an episode, right? And so, like episode one of season six or whatever, assumed you hadn't seen Venture Brothers in four years. <laughs> so I was reading <laughs> a, I was reading an interesting review of, was it Final Fantasy VII remake? And it was literally like you shouldn't replay the original because things like this, and I think what this applies in this conversation too, things like this that take time in between reference your memory of a thing. Oh no, it was about star Wars. It was a star Wars. It's referencing your memory of a thing. Right. And so my complaint with episode seven being the same as episode four 
is because I went back and watched episode four, right? And uh, and if I hadn't, I would have been happier because it, I'd be like, oh yeah, this feels like Star Wars instead of being like they literally remade the same movie, you know? Huh. Um, I suspect your argument holds pretty true for Final Fantasy VII remake, actually. Yeah. So, so. Uh, it it in general applies to things that are made in this manner. Uh and take time in between. So I wonder if it would work the same with a show that takes huge leaps in between in seasons, but that's the, the working theory I was reading in this review of, of star. Oh, it wasn't really a review it was more a retrospective trying not really to defend the new series of star Wars movies, but at least to approximate a, uh, an argument in their favor. Right. Uh, it was kind of an interesting thought to put out there. Like, hmm, yeah. should your nostalgia I, be the only? Should your nostalgia be the only reference point you have for for a new work? I don't know that that I would agree with that. I'm glad hmm. I'm recording this because actually the, I think the Final Fantasy VII remake comments on this exact thing in a extremely direct way, oh. and has a response from it okay. to it. Uh, but I think we all need to play the game before we talk about this because it, I have read a lot of spoilers and I, you know, you know, I'm the spoilers guy and I don't care about it so much. But it is they have that the creators of that game have an opinion on what you just said. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I have the game. I don't have my PlayStation. <laughs> Ken. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. What this okay. <laughs> don't know what this means um no, can can I, borrow my playstation to play spider-man got it uh i uh, um i'm waiting for the pc version that i i believe is coming one day oh it has it'll, to. Yeah, it'll it'll definitely happen what's the michael you know the timeline roughly when what are those things turn around as um i mean the final fantasies tend to turn around in a year so that'd be like april yeah. april of this year that's right that was a 2020 game Mm-hmm. Wow. Andrew playing new games, man. Wow. No, I haven't played it. Well, owning new games. How about oh, that? yeah, yeah. Well, I bought a huge bundle of, like, super discounted PlayStation because the new one was coming. Right? So it's on yeah, PlayStation sure. 4, the the Final Fantasy VII Remake, and now there's PlayStation 5. You can get physical copies of those games on the consoles for cheap sometimes. Just they go on sale various days or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I haven't played a new game. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I'm about to play Shovel Knight. That's like five years old. Good choice. What a good uh, game. My, JJ chose it for me. <laughs> Aha. <laughs> I was shocked to discover that Andy didn't own it. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm remedying this problem. <laughs> That's an easy choice. <laughs> Uh, ooh, should we do an official start to a podcast since apparently we oh, I mean, needed to have yeah. recorded the beginning of this? <laughs> I mean, we're just, we're continuing on from the hang podcast from That's last true. week. That's true. I typoed 241. the heck out of one. Yeah, two, we were gamers. There you go. Keep it up. A podcast in a brand new year, 2020. Uh, one. Mm-hmm. One. 2021. <laughs> yeah, let's be careful there. We, Thank you. We don't want to, I've seen a lot of really good memes of don't. like, People being like, oh, you thought the year was over, and it's like the <laughs> clock close from 31 December 2020, and like flips to January 1st, and then like the meme is the panel getting destroyed, and it's like December 32nd. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> two forty one on twenty twenty one. That's good. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. How was everybody's break? I mean, I didn't watch Venture Brothers, but I mean, wasn't I? Don't know if it was a good break. Was it? It felt short. It felt really short. It. I had two full weeks off, and it did indeed. It did indeed feel short. Which kind of feels like robbery in this year where the rest of it felt oh so long. It did, right? Mm -hmm. My kids were home, obviously. uh, And normally that's kind of like the time of break with your kids. And this time it was like, hmm. This is the same. This is the same. And I have less time because there's not really schoolwork. You know, uh, it's okay. I'm not complaining, but uh, it just felt like it was going to be... You know, in a year that maybe you felt like, okay, the end of this one's going to be the relaxed time when I'm going to get to X. And then, uh, nah, it didn't happen. Anyway, I did get to a thing, JJ. I love it. What is uh, it? Uh, do you want? We haven't talked cars in a while on this podcast. No. And I was going to pick your brain about how your car look looking is going, but... uh. I decided to modify our SUV. Well, the last time I heard you got like the windows tinted or something. So yes, that's, is this more than that then? This is more than, and I did it myself by my own hands with my own torque wrenches. I put on a bolt on a hitch for my car. I've never done anything like that before. It was really fun. Are you planning to tow stuff? I was sent a survey. I'm going to start the story like this uh, about our new vehicle that we purchased. A Hyundai. This is a free ad for a Hyundai Palisade. We needed an SUV roughly that size. Uh, and in the survey, they were like, what's one thing you could change about the car? And I said, you could not be cheap and add a tow hitch to the car like every other car already comes with in this class. They built, get this, they built in auto leveling rear suspension and sway control into the computer of the car for towing. In in anticipation of towing something. It's bolt on. There's already holes there for the tow hitch. It's pre-wired for a tow hitch. But they want you to pay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, my guess is they figured they could get someone to easily pony up a hundred bucks. On the sticker uh, price to get a tow hitch or whatever. Try yep. 900 bucks. Ooh. Okay. Well, that was what I was quoted at the dealer. So I said, for no. Their, for their custom Hyundai logo on it, tow hitch. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. How much of that is parts and how much of that is labor, though? Because you can't trust the dealer's quote. I so know the dealer's that. quote on parts was 385 for the hitch and then more for the wiring. Okay. I so got a like- hitch for 220 plus 20 for the wiring. Yeah, I was going to say, so it's probably close to like 200 bucks, and yeah. then like a, a normal non-dealership would charge you $100 of labor and you'd be done. Yeah, now to be fair, I did more than $100 worth of labor because I don't have a car jack to lift it up above my head and yeah. a winch <laughs> a winch to lift the thing for me. You know, and, <laughs> and you haven't been working on cars for 20 years like some people at these places. Right. And- <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't have like specialized torque wrenches that fit into these areas. So, uh, wrenching on stuff was quite, uh, experiment on what angle can I fit this at? 
uh, I had a very also nice your, neighbor. Oh, say what again? I was going to say, also, your kids aren't old enough to be able to hold this in place while I torque on it. No, but uh, when the bolts were somewhat... Okay, this is going to sound bad because they weren't loose-loose. I secured the hitch to the car with multiple bolts. And then they wanted to help. So once it was in a safe position that would not fall on them and crush them, I let them use the ratchet on loose the a couple of loose bolts. Yeah, that's fun. Playing uh, with tools is cool. All people should be encouraged to do it because it's fun. Yeah, so. absolutely. They, they've they been uh, ratcheting on uh, a play yard that we've been building for them too. Because, you know, everyone around me wants to be on the playground without... Uh, I'm not going to get into it. Never mind. Forget <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. I've never... I mean, I've wrenched on a car a little bit, right? Like, I've I've modified easy parts that you can just mm-hmm. sort of get to. Like, I changed out a grill one time. I changed out some headlights. But, like, those are not hard things to access or do. Yeah, I was going to say, I've done... Yeah, I've changed bulbs and headlights. I've done... I have also done a grill on a car. I have reprogrammed an ECU, which is more complicated than it actually sounds. I've coded batteries, which is also more complicated than it sounds. Nice. Uh, but never anything like structural or mechanical like that. Yeah. So cool, man. Instructions are easy. Yeah. I didn't know if you had any, uh, anybody had any car stories in our car section here. You were looking at a car. Uh, the looking is kind of on pause because coronavirus. Okay. I I would like to look at cars in person, uh, and I don't feel that dealerships are a safe place at this moment. So, who can, not because who can I, blame I, you? I mean, not because I don't believe that the cars themselves are relatively clean, but because I don't trust that someone else hasn't been in that car, and that the dealerships are actually you know cleaning and disinfecting. I mean, anything we, at all. We did this at the very beginning of coronavirus, and I I think I told you on this podcast that there were some. Some dealers where we walked in and was like, mm, no one in here has a mask on. See you later. Yeah. yeah. Not so buying your my, car, GMC. That's my worry. Yeah. All right. Well, right on. Uh, we There's some geeky stuff to talk about, and I want to hit the first one right off the bat. It's my news now. Who's the biggest fan of the DCEU here? Probably JJ. You've seen all those movies. Have I? Have you not? Maybe. Is the I haven't seen Joker. Is that in the DCEU? No. Great. Then I guess maybe I have. Okay. <laughs> I guess, I mean, I, yeah, I'm probably the only one on this podcast who's seen Wonder Woman 1984, right? Correct. Definitely. So, yeah, so then I guess I have seen them all. Yay. I heard a sentence today that will bring me back 100% guaranteed. Oh, okay. okay. I want to hear it. Michael Keaton will replace Ben Affleck as the Batman for the DCEU. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is That's not an something. onion. Yeah, it's not the onion. That is a true statement. Are they just going to do, like, what's, which one is the Batman where Batman is super old? <clears throat> uh, Batman Beyond. No. no Batman. They gonna do, the oh, are you thinking of the comic? Talking, the comic. You're what's talking the comic about Frank Miller. Bat- yeah, uh, old ass, yeah, old ass gritty Batman. Yeah, yeah Batman uh, Returns, I think is, is what it is. Is that what it is? 
I don't yeah. remember the it, anyway. The Frank Batman Miller Returns. One. Yeah, there you go. Because Michael Keaton's old enough to be that guy now. <sighs> Do you think that's where it goes, Batman? The Dark. It's either Dark Knight or Dark Knight Returns or what? I don't remember which one of those it was. Dark like Knight Strikes as, Again, maybe. Could be. I like that as an idea because it's something different. I mean, I think Andrew was hoping for Batman Beyond, and he's going to be sadly, sadly disappointed when they don't do that. Well, there's a big question because Robert Pat- Pattinson, Patterson, Pattinson, Pattinson is in the middle of filming a DCEU Batman movie, right? Yeah. So, what does this mean? Uh, like and the- I believe that I believe that movie is called The Batman. Okay, so does does Michael Keaton show up in that because? It's a big question. They specifically in this article said that Ben Affleck is out. Yeah, but so then Robert Pattinson is Batman and Ben Affleck is the Batman. So like now he's not, obviously, because they're making a Robert. So I'm just saying that DCEU has no plan and them saying anything means nothing. Uh-huh. Except- <laughs> because they said Jared Leto was the Joker and then they made a Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. So like what? they don't even care. They're just doing whatever they want, man. Don't can't trust them. But they specifically say that. I mean, it could be a head fake. Uh, too much credit. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair point. This <laughs> they're is not. They're not playing 3D chess, Andy. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. This, this is not another uh, less than one dimensional chess. They're just trying to move the pieces. This is not another uh, Ken Watanabe movie. No, I, I'm pretty sure this is just them saying like, oh, "You guys didn't like Affleck." Uh, um, uh, uh, pounds on the keyboard. Uh, uh, um, who? who do you, what was the last time people liked Batman? Tim Keaton. All right, we're going with that. I'm really surprised it's not like Val Kilmer ended up the first choice. I, I'm surprised I, they got to Michael Keaton before they, they tried out Val Kilmer is what I'm saying. Sorry, Michael Keaton. Yes. Uh, my guess is uh, someone said, find Val Kilmer. And they saw a picture of him. We're like, find yeah, Michael yeah, Keaton. No. <laughs> no, offense, no offense to Val Kilmer, who is a wonderful human, but he doesn't look like Val Kilmer did when he played Batman. Anymore. Val Kilmer and I uh, like food. I can't play Batman either. <laughs> <laughs> but no one is asking me to. So, Oh, boy. That was my big geek news for the day. That would literally... I'm trying... Resolutions are kind of silly. I'm not making resolutions, but I am doing my better about not... This has been a gradual process of not being on my phone as much, reading like news and things like that, because it'll all be there, and if it's really important, it'll it'll rise to the top. Mm-hmm. But this one graced my Twitter quickly this morning. <laughs> I thought we had to talk about it. I think the idea is hilarious. I... I I don't even know about Whatever, hilarious. It might be wonderful. Who knows? I it, Michael Keaton from Multiplicity is Batman. Like, <laughs> what I if don't he's know. literally yeah, the same Batman? <laughs> like he just continue from what was that movie? Batman Returns was the last one, right? Or yeah, yeah, the la- that was the last one he did. And they just pick up that storyline, and they're like, "Yeah, everyone's still here. They just got old. Nothing happened in between. Don't worry, you didn't miss anything." <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I think they're just they're casting about looking for anyone that they can grab onto, and they're just like, "You come help us, please. We need we need someone who has any idea about anything." Oh, oh, I mean, oh, oh. Okay, I didn't catch this part earlier, but I got a text about this, and I hadn't seen it yet. It's not he's not even in a Batman movie. He's gonna be oh, it's in not a the Flash. Movie? 
Oh no. In the flash as old Bruce Wayne? As yeah. Oh oh no. And yeah. you're out again. Yep. Oh, All no. the way out. <laughs> Do you know what this means? That means that Robert Pattinson is still the the Batman in the DCEU. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it means that uh, they're going to do the storyline with the Flash where he breaks through. Time travel Flash? No, no, not time, time travel, travel fra- Flash. Uh, crisis Flash where he Flash breaks. Point? Yeah, where he breaks through the barriers to alternate Earths. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Here we go. I mean, that was a good comic book story. I don't think, I don't have any trust in DC to make that. I, look, I just gonna, I'm just going to say, like, based on having seen Wonder Woman 1984, I think DC is up a creek without a paddle, man. They have no hope. Yeah, you movie might movie as well get crazy good. like Flashpoint. Maybe maybe yeah, it is. Try a, it. I don't know. Maybe sure. it is a head fake and there's like Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton. Didn't uh, and Val Kilmer and George Clooney and yeah, George Clooney, Jim Carrey, whoever, like get everyone in here. George yeah, Clooney would should show up. That's for sure. Uh, it. They you know done, the problem. The they should have done that thirty years that, ago. Yeah, they should have. You're right. Yeah, and then you could have had Adam West in there. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> what a crime that that movie where they get all the Batman's together won't be able to have Adam West in it. What a crime for real. Truly, actually, a crime because, man, <laughs> that movie would be ten times better, guaranteed. Yes. Oh, there's a train, apparently. That'll be fun to hear uh, on the recording. Uh, it, here's what I have to say about Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, good. I will not spoil anything. That movie was done a disservice by the f- people who wrote its script. I don't know where and who does anything in a Hollywood script because like 50 people touch it all the time. That's how that works, right? There's like five screenwriting credits or whatever. So who knows who is wholly partially responsible, who wrote a first draft, who touched it up or who did whatever or anything like that. Or like who actually did writing and just wanted a screenwriter credit or whatever. I don't know how this like that stuff works. But uh, whoever did the writing for this script is at fault for why the movie is bad. The actors try to do what they can and to various degrees of success. I think other I think some of them were better in the first movie. Uh but there is just nothing you can do when your script makes no sense and is even the parts of it that do make sense are so poorly put together that you just are like why why were they pulling in, in from a, a story or did they just sort of make it all up? I know I have no idea. I don't know enough about Wonder Woman comics to tell you. Okay. Um but I I can tell you that there was a point, I think, in this movie where for about an hour, this is like a Marvel-style action movie, you know, those big blockbuster action movies. I want to say there was about an hour of screen time where there was no fighting. Well, I mean, that's... Nothing nothing exploded. Nothing... The super... No no superheroing happened for a Mm -hmm. whole hour. I don't know that that's necessarily bad as long as something interesting is happening. My issue The problem here... is that nothing interesting is happening during okay, that hour yeah, either. That could be an issue. Weird because so the original script for the first movie was Zack Snyder I think which 
a lot of people would, you know, land on being, hmm, I don't know about that. And then directed yeah. by Patty Jenkins. But I'm pretty sure this one was Jeff. Yeah, I'm looking it up just to make sure that I'm right. Because, okay. uh, I mean, I don't need to do research to do this because I I looked it up before. But I didn't want to say the wrong DC writer. Yeah, it's Jeff Johns uh, who wrote a lot of those crisis stories, including maybe even Flashpoint. Ken can correct us on that one. Uh, but then also Patty Jenkins wrote this one. So mm-hmm. huh. maybe it should, should have been stick, better. Maybe she should stick to directing. I don't know. Or don't Jeff know. Johns is as or nonsensical. Jeff Johns should not be in the writer's as room. As nonsensical yeah, in, in movies as a page. His comments, yeah, from, yeah. I can't tell. I, it, okay, so it, to, to like exemplify this, right? You guys have seen the, the trailers for the movie or something, hopefully, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's uh, Chris Pine is back. Yeah, how? Yeah. I do you want me to spoil the movie for you or not? I don't it, care, but Chris um, Pine Chris Pine is back. We will say. Okay. You've seen him seen him in the trailers. He's in this movie. Okay. Uh the way he is back is explained. However, the ramifications of it are never never talked about. Weird. That's it, weird. It is, it is a thing and and but by the end of the movie, he is gone again. That makes no sense. Never, uh, never discussed. Jeff, never discussed about what happened there. Like how it happened is fully explained, but the fact, like, there are serious things that you will wonder watching this movie, knowing what happens and what brings him there. Hmm. And Wonder Woman is okay with this and doesn't comment on it. The movie makes no comment on it. We don't see from them again. Goodbye. And that is that is how it goes. Very like, strange, man. Why? why? I know, look, Jeff Johns has written some stuff that I'm kind of like, oh, huh, that's weird. But he's also written some stuff that's very complicated. Like uh, he rewrote the series of Booster Gold coming back and connecting it to the 52 crisis. And like mm-hmm. all that was super intricate and it all worked. And so it's like a really well-regarded series. So, yeah, up and down, but mostly up for Jeff Johns and then Patty Jenkins. And this is a story with, like, Maxwell Lord in it, which is a really yep. big, really, really big character in the DC universe. Uh, is I he? I have never, literally never heard of him before. Um, okay. Yeah, well, he causes a big, pretty big problem with the uh, he, OMAC project later on in the... Anyway. Uh, it's going to be... I. You know what? I have no idea. Um, but I can tell you that he is certainly in this movie, uh, Pedro Pascal, and uh, he does a lot of acting in this, and it's mostly pretty good. I don't. He his character also has a lot of like, why did they make this part of this part of this movie? But okay, sure, I guess you got to have a bad guy. This is a bad guy. All right, sure. Weird. Okay. Um, but clearly, someone is like, I wanted to make a movie commenting about Trump, so this is what we did. Ouch. Uh, mm. Uh, dude he is the trumpiest trump guy like he's even like he's the tv personality he points at people he has the hair thing it's a lot man no. um but oh yeah oh yeah, yeah i yeah. didn't need that um but disregarding even all of that right like his care he has character motivations i, I don't have a t- big problem with the villain I, but the uh is it cheetah is that what her actual superhero evil character name is Cheetah, yeah, she's, yes, she is, is a Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman villain. I have to make sure not to call her Cheetara, which is what I want to do, but that is <laughs> different, uh, different vehicle, yes, 
Minerva, right? Yes, Minerva. Yeah, uh, that's Cheetah. It, that is the uh, Kristen Wiig character in this okay. movie. Um, and like for a movie that like the original Wonder Woman, which was like so feminine, empowering, and so like female forward, uh, or at least I, I thought that it was at the time. Um, this movie has like a lot of really bad like tropes of like oh like the men around Minerva make fun of her because she looks frumpy and is, like she, is that a she common walks, in the 80s she literally walks into diana prince and drops her suitcase on the floor and like all her papers spill out of it like a rom-com which maybe is intended to be a comment on the 80s i don't know but then no. like she then does all the 80s tropey bad guy stuff too and doesn't really ever go anywhere other than like her character wants to be like like Diana was, so that's her motivation, because Diana is cool and stuff, and I want to be cool too, and get the boys to like me. So maybe this is an instance of you never go full 80s, like... Yeah, uh, I, I don't... It, the movie has problems. If, if you guys see it, you can, you know... It, it is enjoyable if you're willing to turn your brain off, but if you unfortunately remember to leave it on for too long, you get um, sad. So. Aww. That's too bad. For the cost of no dollars of the HBO subscription I'm not paying for, I can't complain. But <laughs> if if you are paying specifically to see this movie, I think you have wasted oh, your money. Bummer. Watch something else while you're there. Yeah, yeah there are a lot of good watch. shows on HBO Max. Sure. But yeah, start with maybe, Watchmen. Yeah. Oh, please watch Watchmen. Oh my god, Watchmen is so good. Boy. Oh boy. Michael, what have you been up to, my man? Um, so we watched something that, uh, that you had asked about, I think, uh, on the last episode, we sat down last night and finally watched soul. Oh, I was thought you were going to talk about oh. Cobra Kai. Uh, no, we have not gotten <laughs> to Cobra Kai I'm yet. I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> yeah. Soul is uh, great, huh? I also watched soul. I am very curious to hear what you guys thought about it. Ah, uh, okay. Question one. Did it pan out that what you thought in the trailer was happening was what happened? It was only it only wound up being like a small fraction. Right, of the story. exactly. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. the cool which, part, which I like because you know we complain a lot about mo- the modern trailer giving away all the good parts of a movie. Right. So I always appreciate it when a trailer holds back the bulk of the story. Yeah. That mm-hmm. it's very very few and far between times that I have been tricked into not knowing the entirety of a film, maybe not like the nuance of it, but I could like sketch it out for you based on Mm -hmm. a trailer. Uh, And it was really cool to be like, wait a minute, this is where I thought this story was going to end at. And we're, we're only like 15 minutes in here. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool, man. What did you think of the film overall? So my, my opinions of the film on the whole are tied to it receiving a mixed reception here. Um, so I really liked it, um, but my wife was kind of meh about it. And I think the major point that it came down to was that this, more than any other Pixar movie, is not a kid's movie. Hmm. This one is not... So I, I started, we, we talked about this like right after we watched it. And I don't know what in this movie there is 
that's really for kids. It's not slapstick or anything, but um... no, it's not. But even like the even the more subtle jokes are geared towards a slightly older audience. There's a lot in there that my kids enjoyed. They loved the cat being ridiculous. They understood that the that the man was not in his body, and so everything that the body did was funny. There were definitely many slower moments, and this is one of the issues I have with. Um, I haven't shown them Inside Out yet. Because some of the story moments hinge on understanding stuff that's deeper about what the characters are doing and saying. Mm-hmm. So I would even classify Inside Out as a less kid-friendly movie than this. Do people not give kids enough credit I think for so. understanding maybe, emotions? Maybe they don't. Yeah. I think... Oh, they definitely understand the emotions. They, they, they yeah. were sad when they were supposed to be sad. Yeah, I think kids would be fine with Inside Out. Uh, but I I agree. This movie has a lot. The stuff that makes this movie tick, or in my opinion anyway, is the, like, realizing that the thing he's been pursuing and pursuing it too hard is the problem. Sure. And that feels like a thing that a kid wouldn't get, right? Because kids are all about, like, going really hard into one thing, like being so obsessed with something. Or that's something I did a lot as a kid. And I don't know if yeah. that's a universal thing or not but like him learning that that obsession is actually bad and you need to like live a fuller life is a much more adult lesson i think than like the one in inside out for instance i think they got some of the lesson i don't think they got all of the lesson and if you're judging you know disney movies on whether or not they get all of the lesson uh you got to go back to like pre you know 2000 to to give movies to kids where all of the lesson isn't there because that's something that Pixar movies do. They're made for two audiences. They're made for the parents to understand one thing and for the kids to understand something else, I think. Yeah, totally. Um, I would say, and this is specific to my children, but like if I stuck soul and inside out in front of them, I think they would enjoy and like soul much more between the two things. Huh. Uh, There's a lot of that in, I mean, if you go back and watch inside out, a lot of it is about Riley and Riley does not have any funny or thing, you know, moments to think about really. It's all sad. Um, there's a lot of fighting between the main characters yeah. Sadness is literally sad all the time and it's like not really it's funny to adults that sadness is sad sometimes. But the lesson of what those people are going through is much more hard to grasp and until you get to Bing Bong, there's really no sidekick character for joy other than sadness, right? And so like having this cat doing ridiculous things with Jamie Foxx's voice is great. Uh So I don't know. I I agree that it's not as kid friendly as a the good dinosaur, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. If in the Pixar pantheon, they they would pick Toy Story one, two, three, or four over this, guaranteed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I could see why maybe it's not the the lesson or the the tone that one was hoping for. I mean, I I enjoyed the movie. Did Absolutely. you guys enjoy it, Michael? 
Oh, for yeah, 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 yeah. Me, you know, me in, in particular as as a musician, they had me from from the get go. And where he's where he's like explaining, like right, explaining to the the kids in that opening scene about his first experience with jazz, and he he drifts off into playing the piano. Yeah, yeah, it it was good, but I I think I understand your point, Andrew, about like you know this is. I was just me holding court about Pixar films. I love Pixar movies yeah. and I think they're all very, very different in what they try to accomplish. And uh, sometimes they, they gravitate for sure into certain categories of this is for adults and this is for kids. Uh, I think this is definitely in the uh, adult side of that for sure. Yeah. I think the, uh, all the supernatural beings being named a Jerry so uh, good. I, I, I <laughs> so good. The, a, a Terry was a great Terry character. Terry was good. Terry was played by a woman. Yes. Yeah, I looked that up. And the way all the Jerry's just kind of lead Terry around by the nose. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Terry, Terry, look over there immediately. I will sort this out. Great, Terry. Thank you. I love one of the Jerry's <laughs> is played by somebody who was on the IT uh, crowd, I think is the name of the show. Ray something I can't remember his full name, but he's so funny. It's the lead, the lead Jerry, who the, mm. the kind of British high voice. Okay, and he's just I couldn't help but laugh every time he was talking. I I would put this in in one in a higher tier of Pixar films. I think it's really good in terms of what they tried to do here with creating a universe about lost souls without having to get into like. I mean, they really walked a fine line of, of almost religious experience between the music and the afterlife and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and they still they, kept it very universal, I think. I like that they neatly sidestepped all of the metaphysics almost at every single turn. It was They were just like, ah, oh, you just get into the zone. It's good. Yeah. And then everyone's like, yeah, it is. They just don't. <laughs> Don't have to worry about how any of that works. Don't have to worry about what souls are. Not their problem. Whatever. Yeah, but it's not... kind of, it was kind of a it was kind of a cool way to do like to present an idea of well maybe this is how it works. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It was good. Right? Like this is how it works here. They they Let's lifted they lifted your need to worry about these things away from you. They're just like yeah, yeah. this stuff doesn't matter. You 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 figure that stuff out. Not now. Or why we're watching this story here. Jamie Foxx is doing a thing. Yeah. And they, I mean, they really nailed it with getting John Batiste to do a lot of the music there. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. To kind of give that some modern soul rather than trying to like pull old stuff, you know, that people would know. Yeah. Um, bringing in I a modern if... artist to kind of reimagine modern soul. And I, I had R&B. wondered if any of the like, tracks or something were famous jazz songs or something that other people knew i mean my wife didn't recognize any of them but she's not a jazz musician either so it is interesting to hear that they were all modern stuff so yeah mike will be able to tell you i don't i don't know if any of them like were closeted old songs or anything but i know he was working yeah, on I don't... a lot of that nothing that i would have recognized yeah Pretty i cool. uh i i i think i love the outcome of me being personally very surprised at the change in story there and it being completely different than I expected. And so like that, 
that twist of uh having got me a little bit <laughs> makes me like it more i think than maybe other people yeah no on the, on the whole definitely two thumbs up would nice. watch again i think my next will watch again will watch again I think my next one to track down is that uh, Apple movie, uh, Wolf Walkers. I kind of want to watch that. Oh, yeah. I have seen the, the trailers for that. The animation style looks uh, looks very different. Very Celtic in its yeah. design. It looks good. Yeah. Sean Bean's in it. I, I have to track it down. Oh, how does he die? <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Sean Bean dying, that's a perfect segue. Andy, you talked about wanting to watch the Lord of the Rings movies. Did you do it? I have watched all of the Lord of the Rings extended editions over the course of two weeks. Yeah. Okay, so how did you do it, and do you did you enjoy it at the end? I mean, I enjoyed those movies, sure, yeah. Um, like, sure, but the, the original experience and the one that I have a lot is just like plowing through hours of them in a very short nah, period so of time i can't i can't do that it's i not, can't either it's i'm not trying to find to a, an alternate enjoyment but, route you know you have the the movies open uh you watch them for a while and you pause and you go do something else and you come back and you watch them some more and you pause and you go do something else okay i think the thing i wanted to comment on the most about them is how well i thought the special effects hold it held up in most of them what version did you watch uh, so I watched the extended editions on what uh, on what uh, media media. Uh, these were probably Blu-rays I had at one point that I don't have anymore. Are they 1080? Yes. Okay, so they are Blu-rays, which means they were recolored. Yes, you could tell probably. that they were recolored. I don't know. Okay. I believe you. There's a lot of things that were done. I think the 4K Blu-rays had some touch-up work done to the special effects. I did not watch those. So the 4K Blu-rays uh, did have special effects touch-up. They're talking about bringing back the original color, too. Because, uh, you know, at a certain point, these things get so big, you could just do whatever. I don't uh, know. Hmm. Uh, so I, I think the thing that impressed me the most was the amount of times when they didn't use CGI made the movies look better than if they had. Oh, like when they created the special carts and stuff to put people at different angles to use the yes. camera tricks and stuff. And, and so like the times when it's most noticeable is when stuff is like very obviously green screened against a background that looks impossible with the set they're standing on. Yeah. Like Frodo and Sam on this like rock outcropping with lava coming out of Mount Doom behind them. Uh, bro, that is the biggest, most obvious green screen of all time. <laughs> but in other scenes, you don't know. Like, it just looks like they're there. It's great. It, like, you know, Frodo and Sam creeping around the pool with Faramir and his archers above them and Gollum down below looks like it's there. It's awesome. Gollum in general doesn't stand out as, like, looking really bad uh, until they, like, get too close to him or they do, like, real close-ups on his face and stuff where they spent the most time, and so then it looks kind of okay because he's a mystical creature, and so kind of you hand-wave it away a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it looks good for the most part. Like, the Ents are clearly done with models in a lot of cases and so don't look bad. <laughs> you know, the the stuff where it shows more is like, oh, they're fighting in Helm's Deep, and there's, like, 50,000 orcs except that the same orc is copy-pasted 25,000 times. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so that stuff shows it a bit more, but it's not that that one orc looks bad. It's just that it's really obvious. They just cut and paste the orc, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, pretty good, man. Those books are pretty good. The movies are pretty good. Okay. I, I didn't make it to try and, and do my, uh, my old tradition. So I, I still want to try though. I mean, I haven't I watched think... them in so long. It's been 20 years. Yeah. They're old dude. That's crazy. Yeah. It's been, I think Those it's 20 years. Oh, man, the first one came out in like Oh one or Oh two. So almost 20 years, maybe. Two were those two five eight oh two oh five oh eight because it was every three years, wasn't it? No, no, no. Oh eight's way too late. Or was it These, every other year? They were they were every year at some point. They was like bang, 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 bang because they filled them all, filmed them all back to back. They oh, started filming right. them in like the night late nineties. Yeah, yeah. I want to say it was like oh one oh two oh three. No, we're all thankful they shot it on film in the late nineties instead of Star Wars. You know, yes. shooting on yeah. shooting on digital. For those movies that happened in the 90s and now they've got a huge headache versus, oh, look, yeah, we still have the film. We can go back and get 4K out of it, you know? Yep. Yep. And they look good, unlike the unlike the digital ones, which look terrible. Yeah. The uh, I I learned, I fell down some, as you do when you watch Lord of the Rings stuff. You should you fall like, down you know, many wiki holes. You fall down some wiki holes. But like, who was this character again? <laughs> you go back and you look at know. some stuff and then you're like, oh, man. You know, didn't that guy, wasn't he in the first book, really? And like, okay, it wasn't actually Arwen who rescued them in the books, right? Wasn't it, was it some Bombadil, other guy? Wasn't it? No, it was Glorfindel. Glorfindel. Yeah. Or another blonde-haired elf who has like a one-second cameo in Return of the King at the very, very end. Okay. Uh, anyway, he's, uh, it, it turns out Glorfindel is like, more powerful than Elrond and is like on the level of Galadriel and stuff. Nice. They kept him out of the movie very intentionally because he's too good. <laughs> um, There's a, a bunch of really interesting stuff uh, when you fall down those rat, rat holes. Tom, um, Tom helped book. them at some point, right? Tom Bombadil? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But they yeah, took him out of the movies entirely, too. Yes. Uh, he's in he's in the one of the extended editions, I thought. I thought no. he was in scenes that got cut. I, he's in like Not the Tom background Bombadil. of something, but you're thinking of the trolls. The stone trolls are in the extended edition. Yeah, but Tom Bombadil is not. Yeah. Uh, but the those are some good movies, man. Fun. I I can't imagine they wouldn't hold up very well. My my yeah, hmm. the keeper of the water or whatever that thing is probably doesn't hold up so great. Yeah, luckily it's only in like one scene for a little bit and you don't see the face of it for more than like a second on the screen. He's trying to eat Frodo and it's raining Yeah, and there's lightning. So you can just kind of be like, "Ah," and then they all run inside the mines. You don't have to look at it anymore. (laughs) I remember watching the the Blu-ray for the first time of them running into the mines and being like, those those aren't real rocks falling down behind them. Those doesn't. No, no. (laughs) Yeah, that happens in a few places Uh, when. When Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas are escaping from the men under the mountain. Oh, yeah. Uh, when the thing is dragging. Very obviously <laughs> fake skulls following them <laughs> down a set as they walk out of a green screen. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's very obviously a uh, a fake one. When they're, uh, when they're on the, 
the bridge it caused like right before the bridge it caused a doom when the when the 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 balrog the well when they're yeah the balrog has like chased them and then the uh the steps are like teetering back and forth mm-hmm. there's oh, a really yeah. Yeah. really bad green screenshot there of it of them being like uh, I can't do it because we can't. You can't see me, but like them waving their arms towards the camera, like, "Oh no, we're falling forward." It looks like a Star Trek moment. Yeah, it does. Oh, <laughs> so so good. There's some stuff in there that is uh, goofy. It, the first the movie suffers the most. I I think hmm, I there is more green screen effects in the last movie than you forget. Okay, or than you remember, but uh, they look worse every than time, the first ones. Every time Legolas slides on anything, it looks real bad. Oh, no. The scene where he slides on the shield in Helm's Deep actually is the only good-looking one because I think they it's actually real. filmed that it. That one was real, yeah. Uh, the ones he slides on all the Oliphants all the time in that last movie, and it looks terrible every single time. Yeah. Well, the Rahadrim uh, in the second movie should look pretty good because they were all done for real. Yeah, all the scenes with the horses and stuff all look generally very good. Cool. So anyway, those movies hold up. People should watch them. They're good. <laughs> yeah, it's been too long. I need to, to go back and actually watch them and not just, you know, catch the, ex- the extended on TNT. The extended editions are like four hours, dude. Oh, I so know. You need I know. <laughs> to be serious about expending your time there. What would it take for one of, for anyone to watch this children for at least two days so I could just start with The Hobbit? On extended. No, don't watch the Hobbit movies. Don't all watch the of them movies. on extended all the way through. It's Ooh. not worth watching the Hobbit movies. I don't think. You know, they're bad. They can't be that bad. Mm. How could you have take you a hundred page book and turn it into three movies? I have to know. Exactly. Uh, That's the problem. Not, That's why they're bad. Just, not just that book. Oh man! Oh, that's right. They took a bunch of stuff about uh, from the Silmarillion. Silmarillion, yep. and, and which have have you read the Silmarillion? It's yeah, it's the Cliff Notes. It's a it's a D and D campaign manual. Yeah, it, the Silmarillion is a history book. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> what book did you even read? It's like a history textbook. It is it, until the last until the last like two chapters, and then it becomes an actual enjoyable book. When you get to like Baron and Luthien and all the stuff that they did, right? Is that yeah. when it starts getting good again? Uh, yeah. Some of those are split out now into different books because uh, his son Could wrote be. some of them as like stories. I have a couple. Yeah. The like legendarium stuff yeah. uh, that goes farther into other stuff that wasn't ever published or whatever is more readable. I'm hoping his, his grandson uh, picks and up in the fact, if, if you are interested, uh, there is an entire book about our friend Glorfindel called The Fall of Gondolin. <laughs> that oh. handles uh, all of his deeds in the first age when he was also around. Wow. Yep. Before he's men. A, he's an old dude. Yeah. The, the first age. That's you know, before like men. When, right? when Melkor, the evil Dark Lord, was there. Before Sauron even existed. Wow. Yeah. And then Morgoth came yeah. later in the first age, and Sauron was one of his... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys yeah, remember yeah. more than I do from those extended pieces of information. Uh, I've been down the Wikipedia hole recently, so <laughs> and uh, I actually remember more of it than uh, than I would have uh, a week ago because it gets pulled on for a portion of Ready Player Two. Did you read Ready Player Two? I did read Ready Player Two. Michael, you've braved waters. 
<laughs> that I did not tear, dare tread. I heard a review of this book, and then you you just take it after this. Okay. But the review of this book boiled down to, I'm Ernest Klein, ready player two, because I can. <laughs> that I was the review in a nutshell. I know what Michael thinks. <laughs> so, I will say that the... The beginning of this book definitely felt like that. Like it starts out very exposition heavy and not just exposition heavy, but like exposition heavy, exposition heavy. Hey, here's a reference. Hey, here's a reference. More exposition, more exposition. Hey, here's a reference that's more recent than the 80s because this book has been written more recently. But once he actually gets into the meat of the story, like what's actually going on in this book, it becomes more enjoyable. Is it about the previous characters? Yes. Yeah. Um, it picks up um, within the first couple of years after they they finish the, the egg hunt in Ready Player One. So let me guess. Putting star-crossed lovers in charge of the internet doesn't work out. Um, <laughs> I mean, that does happen, but it's not... So the the pieces of what you just said do happen, but it's not a cause effect thing. I see. Hmm. Um, it it felt it felt the the problem that they are trying to solve in this one definitely felt a little more tropey than in the the first story. Is that possible? Was the first one completely full of all tropes? Well, so the first one was full of a whole bunch of references, but the story, the like the frame and the idea for it felt a little more original than this one did. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so I, you know, there's there's definitely like a, a bit of a twist at the end that I didn't expect. Um, which was good, but the the story itself, once it got into it, was was definitely engaging enough to you know keep me turning pages. So I would say I would say definitely give it a read. Like it's not it's not so bad as to be laughable or unreadable. Uh, but it suffers. But give sequel. it a give it a read and and see what you see what you think. If it suffers sequel fatigue a little bit though, huh? A little bit, yeah, because there are like like I said, especially in the beginning where it feels like he's he's trying too hard to hit the nostalgia notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it kind of settles into itself. I often um, wonder how many the, pages a book review is actually based on. You know? I think it depends on who's and doing could, the review. Well, like, that could be part yeah. of the, the problem, right? If if that's their review, because I can, and your review is. The beginning of this book is the exact problem with it. Uh, that could be where they base their review, you know? Maybe. Yeah. Well, I'm ready for player uh, three and four and five and six to email us about any of these fun opinions that we've had on media today. I know we didn't talk much about video games, but I did play some video games this break. Andrew, should I become a Total War guy? No. Should I get into Total War games? No. <laughs> did did you? Hmm. 
No, I, I mean, have a que- I have a question, and then you'll have your answer. Okay. Did you play the battle you played? Sped up. I haven't played it yet. Oh. Okay. So, you remember what you told me about Pokemon? Mm-hmm. What's the difference between Pokemon Blue and whatever the name, Pokemon Sword and Shield? Mm-hmm. That's the like, difference between Total War, Rome, and Total War Three Houses. Unless I mean, you're not going to play the wait, battles. It, and are you like, talking about Total War Three Kingdoms? Three Kingdoms, sorry. Okay. They also have like a Troy one now. Yeah, I mean, they have a zillion of them. Right? And so like, and yeah, they, they might the add different ones. things per era or something, but like, you're still, unless you're not going to play the battles, you're still playing the same game. I think this I mean, is why I Isn't playing the battles the point? Yeah, some people say that it's not the point, and then I say, what's the point of playing the game? Play play uh, Crusader Kings or something else if you don't want to play the battles. Okay. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I Maybe skinned, like, Total Warhammer I might have. I tried these games. I've tried a lot of them, and I keep getting, like, two battles in, and I'm like kind of long and boring i think total warhammer is like one of the less interesting ones because it removes a lot of other aspects that exist in the other games like you can't do any diplomacy in warhammer there's no there's no diplomacy in warhammer it's just it's war (laughs) like so there's no like you can't like use envoys or have like you know alliances or anything you can have like alliances a little bit in warhammer but you can't like do you know you know you can't spy you can't do intrigue any of that stuff that's not what so you might be thinking of a deeper game than total war right like total war yeah there's some like politics but the politics are within your own army so like you have to keep people in your army happy but like you're still marching across a map and doing battles yeah, definitely. That's like the meat of the game, right? Yeah. So it's not like you're going to, uh, you know, uh, like w- Warlord Tactics or di- or Diplomacy or whatever, uh, all of a sudden take over a third of the map through a, a diplomatic agreement or something. I think I'm just curious to try one of these games. I've never played one. I think you should try one, but know that once you've tried one, you've played them all. I think a lot of people on the internet very much disagree with that, and they say they're they're all pretty different. So, I okay, we'll find out. Okay, I played, I tried most of them from Rome to Shogun Two. I think I have all of those, and each time, about three battles in, I'm like, all right, this is kind of the same thing. Would it surprise you that everyone recommends the oldest one that anyone should ever start with now is Shogun 2? That would not surprise me at all. <laughs> they say Shogun 2 is the last of the quote-unquote old-style games. Okay. And if you if you want that, that's the one. You shouldn't play any of the other ones. Okay. And all the other ones after that are different and in various ways. Man, I should beat my head into a brick wall on that one, didn't I? <laughs> 
<laughs> walked, walked right into that. He couldn't have possibly known. I literally had read that comment <laughs> about that. But yeah, that's that's what people say that Shogun Two was like the last of that style of that game. They're all, all like literally from Rome to Shogun Two. I played all of them. I'm like, this is exactly the same. Uninstall, install the next one. This is exactly the same. Uninstall, install the next one. I tried really hard. Maybe I'm just broken on those. Maybe I should try Three Kingdoms. Uh, I am curious to see how Three Kingdoms goes. Okay. That is the one that I have purchased. So we'll see how it goes after I finish Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which uh, might still take a while based on how often I am dying. Uh-oh. You should uh, you should watch the speed run for some tips, JJ. No, I will not be doing that. Just <laughs> make me depressed. Oh, speaking of which, uh, speed runs are happening right now. They are. Yes. Uh, you guys should go watch the Sonic Mania run. Uh, if you want to see a very highly energetic Scotsman, does anybody, you guys have been working today, so probably didn't see much uh, of anything so far. <laughs> I caught a very little bit of uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog, the, the 06 oh, right. Sonic the Hedgehog during my uh, the, lunch break. Uh, the Android remake? Yeah. Yeah. L-M-A-O. Yeah. Yeah. It was really funny watching the interview of that one. Uh, they're doing Diablo 3 right now. I might pop into that after this just to see what's going on with Diablo 3 speed running. Yeah, I'm they're doing a, an NG co-op any percent. Oh. I mean, I am interested to see this Sonic Mania run. It is literally on my list of things to do after this podcast. So. Nice. Uh, okay, cool. So, well, I mean, like, if you have comments on any of the media, if you want to tell JJ, actually, all the games after Shogun 2 are exactly the same also. <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, or send us a list of what you like at the end of this week of uh, AGDQ. Where would you send it? You could send those to podcast at weweregamers.com. You could also find us on YouTube if you search out We Were Gamers. Hit that subscribe button and the little bell. It helps us out a ton over there. We're on Spotify, uh, Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher. All kinds of places you could find podcasts. Yay. So do that. Uh, yeah, send us email there. We're at We Were Gamers on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and whatever else. And Happy New Year. And Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah. Welcome to 2021. What a day. <laughs> what a thrill. 